All right. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are here, Mitzi Thinking. I'm here to introduce Richard, and he is an individual that I wanted to share with everybody because we are going to be discussing the topic of conversation of money. Money is always a taboo to talk about, so we are here to discuss it with Richard. Richard, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Richard Friesen, and I've had a lot of experience with money because I started uh, one of my careers in the financial markets. And I started on the trading floors, and they don't exist anymore, but you've all seen in the movies yelling and screaming and buying and selling. Well, I spent uh, almost three decades on the floors doing that, and it was all about money. And yeah. as a result, as a trader and a building a trading firm, I got a lot of feedback around money and got down to the cores and essence. And as a coach, what I see is some of the subconscious issues and taboos and the things that we don't talk about coming back to bite people. And so that's why I wrote the book, A Private Conversation with Money, to start to deal with those taboos and those things that we just don't talk about that, that just are like anchors to our soul. Mm -hmm. And that's true. When you don't talk about something, it really eventually eats up on you and then it becomes an argument and then people will get divorced or they stop talking. And it's something so simple by just having a communication and not allowing the, that fear of vulnerability of just talking about money, you know, to be even a topic of conversation. And what is the best way to bring up money in a relationship or in a friendship or in a partnership with new businesses and things like that? What would you recommend to people? Well, that's a broad topic, and it depends on the quality of the relationship and where you are in it. But let's just look at some general principles. Mm -hmm. So one thing I like <laughs> is honesty. Yes. So for example, in a relationship, you're getting to know somebody, you might say, when I was growing up, my parents fought about money all the time. In fact, I used to go hide under the bed when they were fighting because my dad was a big spender and my mom was a saver and she was concerned about their financial future. So whenever I talk about money, I can still feel this tightness in my stomach. So mm -hmm. that would be example of opening a conversation in a way that really moves the relationship forward because we're actually bringing up some of the deepest things. But the problem is most of us keep those out of awareness. They're so taboo that we don't even want, we're quarantined them. So we don't yeah. even have to deal with them, let alone bring them up in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the topic of money in a relationship. People just cringe, just like, oh, I got to talk about that with my husband or oh, I got to talk about that with my wife. It comes down to power. It comes down to vulnerability. It comes down to so many emotions that not many people actually think about. And like you said, honesty is a really big one. Like you have to be honest with another person to really be open to even talk about money because there's so many scarcities of just talking about money. Nobody, they teach you all the time that you're not supposed to talk about money to your other employees or your coworkers yeah. or things yeah. like that because of jealousy. And then there's this big topic about how women aren't getting paid as much as men, you know, so just the topic of money is a very hard thing to even express. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, because money also touches on so many other aspects of our life. So in the book, A Conversation with Money, and in my online live meetings, what we do is money is often a symbol for something deeper that's going on. And as a result, if we just 
deal with the money issues, it's like whack-a-mole and with symptoms. But mm -hmm. if we can get down to the underlying beliefs we have, the behaviors we have that no longer serve us, then we can start to make progress. And what's interesting is some of my clients, they come around money issues. And when we work on the deeper issues, that foundational shift changes other things for the better in their lives. Yeah, that makes sense because it's when you go through that foundational issues, it's kind of like you have that question on your website. How can you really tell if you have a, a money positive or money negative mindset? You know, I think that once you open those foundations, you can really tell where your mindset's really placed. But for you and your profession and just being exposed to this for so long, what are your key factors that like red flag, like that you see if somebody's a positive mindset or a negative mindset when it comes to money? Let's look at what the factors are that create that money positive or money negative mindset. And you grew up in a family, you know, money is the root of all evil or money's conflict or rich people have too many, will never make enough. There's never enough to go around. They're going to take mm -hmm. it away from us. So we all have different ones and some of them are very money positive. So if we recognize all those voices that have just you know, glommed onto our souls and that we carry with us awareness or not awareness. And then we have our peer groups and what do they believe about money? And oftentimes their beliefs about money is like, it's no, it's not worth working hard because they'll take it away from you or what's the point? There's no hope. Yeah. And you, so you incorporate that. And then in the U.S. right now, I know you have an international audience, but culturally in the U.S., there's a huge split and money is kind of the topic you know, like the uh, distribution of money isn't right. It's not fair. Some have too much. We need to even things out. There's the whole cultural belief system around that. And so as really good people, you know, we want to really make things right and fair as possible. But how that brings internal stress and conflict into us, it makes it very different to say, hey, I'm Rich Friesen. I'm money positive. I have hope for the future. I believe in myself. I can figure things out in the future. I'm confident in my ability to handle the unknowns and problems and all the issues that come up. And I'm going for it as versus when we have the beliefs from our parents, the, the voices in our head, the cultural mm -hmm. clashes that we have now, we all want to belong. I mean, the thought of not belonging and being by ourselves is huge. And if the groups we're in have internalized a lot of the conflicts around money, it's very difficult to leave that behind and step out and follow your own voice and your own healthy perspectives around money. That's true. It's very hard to distinguish for yourself as an individual what works for you, what you're going to take from advice from your family, from your friends, from your mm -hmm. peers and things like that. So it is true what you say, you know, it comes down to your, you know, your culture, your environment, how you grow up, what you were exposed to, to really determine where your mindset's going to be on when it comes to money, you know, and just because you have a certain environment or culture or whatever doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to have the great aspect and handling of money either. And do you think that's the importance of, you know, financial coaching and these money workshops that you provide and also other provide as well to, to take advantage of those type of resources so that you can have a better understanding and respect of money? Well, what you say, a respect of money, I think you've just hit upon a really important point. In my work, we relabel money because when I say money, I, I'll do a group or talk to a client. And I'll say, mm -hmm. I'm going to say the word, a word, and I want you to notice your physiology, 
your breathing, your tension, and I'll say money. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. see sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tense yeah. up real quick. Like, yeah, money. <laughs> so I've relabeled money certificates of appreciation. That's so nice. when I give you a service, a product, something that enhances your life, your enjoyment, your pleasure, your stability in your life, or, you know, the survival things that help you survive, you give me a certificate of appreciation. Wow, Rich, thank you for providing that for me. Here is my certificate of appreciation. Mm-hmm. And likewise, when I go to the grocery store or somebody does a service for me, I say, Here is a certificate of appreciation for what you've done for me. I've had clients who tell me that that one shift alone has made a huge difference. Like this one woman said, I went to my boss to ask for a raise. And then you gave me that. And I realized I was asking for a certificate of appreciation for the work I do. So rather Mm -hmm. than going and saying, you know, I'm not making enough. I do all that. I don't know. Here's the services I provide. Here's the value. And here's the certificates of appreciation that I believe I'm worth. Mm. Boom, she got it because yeah. her energy, her mental attitude had made a significant shift. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking about how you were putting it to myself on my own life. And I'm just like, wow, that's a big difference. If you really just change the wording, it changes the energy, it changes your perspective, mm-hmm. it changes how you actually feel with money, because now you <laughs> see it in a different way. And once you start seeing things in a different way, it helps you not feel so closed off and so negative and, and all these things that come along with money. So I guess my next question would be is, Because a lot of people get scared by this word of budgeting. Do you think budgeting is a key factor for financial growth? Or do you think just saying budgeting is like saying dieting in in the food world? (laughs) Don't get me started. You got to do it. (laughs) Yeah, don't get me started on willpower and dieting. Um, My wife is an excellent cook and challenges my dieting willpower every day. Temptations every day, right? It's there to test you all the time. Yeah, so what you're bringing up is a process you know, that applies to many things in our life. And you brought up dieting and budgeting. So what we have is we have internal conflicts and all of us have made New Year's resolutions Mm -hmm. and all of us have not kept our New Year's resolutions. That's because we're trying willpower, discipline, but we got some energy inside of us that we don't deal with. And so therefore we try to ignore it, quarantine it. We, We try willpower, but eventually that breaks down with the right triggers. So what I do is I invite my clients and people in my workshops and in the book to step in to another context. In other words, if I go down and I look at the fridge and I feel a need, something that isn't quite filled in my heart or I'm anxious or worried about something and in the moment that food will give me relief or if we're thinking about money, if (laughs) I did this the other day, (laughs) I went shopping and I wasn't kind of bored or whatever. And yeah. I was looking to buy something to fill some other need. Mm-hmm. But what if I say, I'm Rich Friesen. I am a powerful human being. And you could even add, I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. I have a future in myself. I have hope. Mm-hmm. How good it feels in this moment to take care of not only myself now, but my future self. So in that moment, it actually, it's not a willpower or struggle. It actually feels better to acknowledge the power I have and the power I am. So in one of the uh, precepts in my model is 
We only change behaviors when they feel better in the moment. So my job is to set it up so that you feel better taking care of yourself and your future self. Mm, wow, that was very powerful. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was very nicely said. I think once you allow yourself to know that you have more power and you have more self-control and it's for a greater good not just for the moment but for your overall life you know long term not just short term you know and it can give you a sense of relief you know because everybody has long-term scares and long-term goals and long-term just worries that just constantly eats at people in their everyday life and money is obviously one of them and i think once you change the wording of money and change your perspective of money and giving yourself the power versus allowing the power to be put into your finances and into your money and into your debt then you're able to see your life and your and your finances different you know and i think what you're doing is a great thing for people to obtain on and jump on because you know when you have an outlet to help you see money differently i feel like it's going to have a ripple effect on your life well what you're pointing out is at the core of what i do and you're pointing out and what i call reframe and another word i use is context so if we're in the context of having absorbed our parental struggles around money and beliefs around money, if we're in the context of our own community and their beliefs or in our cultural divide, or if you're in any of those contexts and you're trying to change a behavior, it's a really challenge. But if you can reframe money as a certificate of appreciation and you can step into the context that I am a powerful person taking care of myself in the moment and my future self, and that feels so good, all of a sudden, the old struggles just evaporate. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. You're very right on that. And I think that's why when I was going through your website and I was just reading everything, that one quote that we talked off before, that really stood out to me, that made me read it a couple of times. And I really had to think about it for myself. <laughs> and I even asked my husband, like, what does this mean to you? And made him reflect. I'm going to use that quote. I'm going to quote you. <laughs> okay. Because it was great. It's um, basically our subconscious survival instincts are designed to create the struggles we know we can survive. And I could just only imagine that you had to reflect on this, on this yourself multiple times in multiple areas in your life. And, I, <laughs> and because I'm over here, just when I think of this quote, I just am just putting in so many segments of my life. Like I could have done this, but I was falling to defaults of the survival tactic. And it's kind of crazy to think that we don't always think that we're in survivor mode, even if our environments don't tell us we're in survival mode. And I think that's just beautifully like, what made you think of that? If you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of that comes from my own psychological training. But as you mentioned, and you uh, were very insightful about, is my own life experience. <laughs> so, you know, if I look at some intimate situations in my life, my choice of spouses or whatever, is I carried over my parents' struggle. And yeah. I knew I could survive that. But could I survive something better? My survival mechanism went, oh, we don't know about that. So you better make choices that you can survive. And, it, you know, mm -hmm. there's it's quite understood how women especially will, if they've been abused by a father or stepfather, they will tend to choose a man who is abusive. And the reason is and I have to say this is for my own life too, we know how to survive that abuse 
where we know how to survive that pattern we grew up with, but to step into a pattern where we are accepted and loved and cherished. If we don't have that experience, our survival mechanism actually backs away from it and will do its best for us to create the world that repeats the ecology that we know we can survive. And I know this sounds crazy. And Mitzi, I so appreciate you acknowledging this because my guess is most of your listeners will go, huh? (laughs) No, for me personally, what you're saying makes perfect sense. To be honest, I feel that you're speaking alongside a very spiritual side as well, because when you have to grow mentally, you have to put all of that into perspective, you know? And I think that's why my listeners listen to me because I'm making them think about this not just in a physical sense but on a mental sense a spiritual sense in every way sense that people can because we have to look at life in a 360 manner and we have to look at money in a 360 manner we have to look at our struggles in a 360 manner. we have to look at everything that we've been through in a certain way that'll help us grow and level up and become a better version of ourselves you know because i honestly feel that we're just in competition with ourselves and we just have to be a better version of ourselves each year because if we don't then you're only failing yourself because and at the end of the day nobody's paying attention to you as much as people think they are may i point out some language please we have to means that you're setting the language for struggle competition with ourselves is another way to set up struggle so Mm. may i suggest some alternative language for you to try yes please enlighten me okay Well, (laughs) not enlightening you, but just, again, trying to different language and framework and a reframe. I'm going to feel so good when. Okay. Try that and then fill it in whatever the have to was. Okay. I am going to feel so good when I get to where I need to be. Because, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, because if I have to get to where I need to be, then I'll feel much better once I get there. So... Yeah. Like and that. what if you didn't have to? What if instead you are okay, Mitzi, right now, the way you are, and you have some dreams and desires, and as you work toward them, as you put all the pieces in place, that feels so good. No have tos, no shoulds, no competition, but stepping from one good feeling into another as you take care of yourself and your future self. So it's like more so being content with yourself and being content with your surroundings and what you have and what you obtained and all that, right? Well, I have what's called the golden keys and the golden keys are first awareness. And Mm -hmm. we talked a bit about that, you know, aware of the taboos that we've created for ourselves and we don't recognize. The second Mm -hmm. is acceptance. Not that you condone it, not that it's okay, but you consent to whatever you discover and accept it. And the third is creating agency. So in other words, it used to be when my wife said something to me that just triggers some old stuff, I go, (laughs) (laughs) there was no difference between my, what the happened on the outside and my reaction. So over the time, of course, I could say, Oh, what's going on? My stomach's tight. Oh man, that's an old reaction. Mm. Okay. So it's awareness. And I don't say, damn it, Rich, don't do that again. I say, that's fascinating. It's acceptance. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's an old neurological pattern that doesn't serve me much anymore, but it's still, it's so close to being triggered. Well, that's interesting. I'm going to pay attention to see if 
I can bring my awareness to that moment. Fascinating. And then as we increase that awareness, then what happens is out of that evolves, out of that real-time awareness evolves what I call agency. That means I can now start making decisions and my behaviors from a higher self, from that agency. But that's very challenging to do if you're not aware of what's going on. It's challenging to do if you don't accept yourself and what's going on with curiosity and love. And with that agency, with that acceptance and awareness, you can start to develop agency. Now, with that agency, and this is what you talked about, what you should or have to do, you can now say, and now, what would I like? What a reframe. It is. It really is. The way that you actually set it up with the golden keys it actually makes a lot more sense. Because when I was saying what I was saying, I didn't realize it. And that was my subconscious just reacting the way that it is, mm-hmm. how it's used to. But then the way that you were able to help me accept it and reframe it. And now I'm really looking at it in a different perspective. So thank you. Who knew this interview was going to be more than money? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always know this. <laughs> well, what, what you've just said is so important important if we look at sex, money, if we look at relationships, all sorts of things that are taboo in our lives. And one thing I so appreciate about you is just heading straight into these issues and bringing them up, because I think that's where a lot of peace and uh, rapport with ourselves and the world begins. So wherever we start with these symptoms, if we go down and say, you know, what is taboo? What are we avoiding? Then I think we touch upon a deeper foundation. So yes, well said. No, you as well, well said, because I'm literally blown away. I'm going to be thinking about this conversation for a while. And when I re-edit it and go through the through this again, it's going to really help me because I, one doesn't really think that you are not conscious about these thoughts and about these actions. You know, you're just going on your day every day like normal. So you don't really think deeper. You don't really do the awareness. You don't really Mm -hmm. do the acceptance. You don't, people don't do those type of things on a daily basis. They just react and go. And I think when people actually take that time to check on those awareness and check on these, these feelings that are triggering old emotions or somebody else's emotions and things like that, then you really get to understand what's going on within yourself. And that's important. People need to realize what's going on within Richard, what's going on with So rather than need to realize it feels so much better to realize yes. once again i look for language that is setting up a struggle rather and mm. then i look this how can we change that into an invitation that feels wonderful now mm. what you've talked about is so important to be able to have that awareness that we've created a process and it's called our set scores s-e-t our sensations our emotions and our thoughts so what we do is we set an alarm every 10 minutes, every half hour, depending on what you're doing. And it goes off and you say, what are my physical sensations right now? Oh, my forehead's wrinkled, my jaw's tight, my chest tight, my heart's beating, stomach, you know, my thigh. So we just go through head to toe, say, what are my physical sensations? No judgments, no need to change. What are my emotions? I'm kind of anxious right now. I'm a bit upset because of something my mom said or my son said this, that, you know, my emotions are that. Then we go, what are the quality of your thoughts? They're self-critical. They're affirming. They're creative. Whatever they are, just be aware of it and then write them down. So the set scores, we have a mathematical formula from minus five to plus five. The minus side is physical, which means you're really sick. You're just, you know, everything's 
you've had the flu, you have a hangover, you burned your feet <laughs> on walking, doing fire walking, you know, just minus <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah, plus five physically is uh, caffeine jitters or cocaine or something where you're just moving around and you can't focus because you, you know, you're just all jittery. Zero is when my body is rested, hydrated, nourished, and fully present with me. In emotions, a minus five is depression. A plus five is, again, I'm feeling godlike. <laughs> I can do anything. Yeah. Zero means I'm just fully aware of myself and my environment, and I can bring the right context to it. Uh, in thought-wise, minus five would be very critical. A plus five, again, would move on the I can do no wrong. I'm godlike. Mm-hmm. So in the zero, I'm fully present. So we, uh, we have an application called Bind Metrics, and it gives you your ability to just click and select your score. So on a, depending on a daily or hourly basis, you can now see a color chart of where you are, sensations, emotions, and thoughts. And what then you can look at is how that impacts the world around you. And what's amazing is, as you approach that zero point of fully accepting yourself, of fully being there, the world changes in response. If that's true. It really does. Just re- reacting, responding, reviewing the world. It's like sitting at a park on a bench and just watching the world go by. You just see it differently. And that's nicely said. I like. I really do like your perspective. It's very different. I haven't talked to someone so far that has been very enlightened as you have. So I thank you for that. You're very welcome. And the enlightenment is years of... <laughs> making a lot of bad choices and mistakes and reactions and whatever. And that has brought me to my knees many times. And that's where a lot of the experimenting and trial and error has come from to bring me to a place where I can fairly quickly invite people to increase their awareness and their self-acceptance. And from that, they then can create new discoveries and new behaviors that serve them better. Yeah, I I agree. I think that that is nice for you to share because at the end of the day, you can either live with what you've done to yourself or you can live with what you've done and share it with somebody else and help them along the way. And you are sharing with other people and I thank you. And I hope whoever needs to hear this message and who's listening, I hope they're able to get the enlightenment and that change of thought, that change of perspective that they may be inquiring and not even realizing that they even need. Because I didn't even know I needed to change my my words. I'm going to start looking up more words in the dictionary to change it. Use the thesaurus more too. (laughs) (laughs) And the book, A Private Conversation with Money. It's a very inexpensive way to start to look at. In it, there's Joe. He's a, a journalist and he's internally conflicted about money. Well, as you pointed out, it's not, you know, once you start to talk about money, you're talking about some pretty core things when you get down to it. So Joe struggles and he has conversations with a character called money. So if you're having struggles, uh, Joe is right there with you working through them. And uh, we have a free online course with a book and you can locate that and it's mentioned in the book. And so you can start to expand on the things that Mitzi and I have been talking about. And uh, so I'd look forward to hearing from you if you're interested. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for your time and for your insight and your experience and just everything that you were able to share with us today. I greatly appreciate it. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap this up? No, it's again, it's just be aware and the acceptance is such a big part. If mm -hmm. we're criticizing ourselves, what we're doing is we're setting up an internal struggle. So I invite you to just notice, be aware and accept. And that is such a powerful way to improve your life. Awesome. Yes, I agree. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to Richard. He's the man who knows what he's talking about. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end the show. Thank you so much and stay tuned for more.